What is up, everybody? It's Cam Garrity here from the Patriots Wire. This podcast is not presented by the Patriots Wire. Um, Just wanted to give context for those that are coming from Twitter or anything out there to make sure this is the right podcast. This is the Toe Drag Podcast is my own. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be expanding this for those that are new. I'm not sure if I'm going to be expanding this to, you know, two or three guests or if I'm going to do it solo. Um... Or, or whatever I'm going to do there. But podcasting, it's always something I've enjoyed doing. always enjoyed talking about sports, writing, um, just kind of writing sports, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you're here for one reason, and that's the Patriots. And that is kind of what's, what's on my mind right now as we get into the week of the NFL Combine um, that is happening this week. We've got measurements, prospect meetings, interviews with media, Um, there is a lot of trades and kind of, you know, team free agent deals that happen. Not, not obviously you can't tamper and have those initial conversations with any pending free agents, but a lot of the times, you know, everybody's out here. It's, it's the NFL, it's the equivalent of the NFL's winter meetings to what, you know, the MLB has and, and stuff like that. So, um, the NFL Combine is a big time for all of that. But for me, importantly, it's it's one of the most exciting times of the year in the NFL offseason. Um, I love watching the draft is probably my favorite, like one of my favorite sporting events. Um, whether people like to call it a sporting event or not, I think it's a lot of fun to watch the NFL draft. And I don't really care if, if other people think otherwise. Um, and, and that's me like taking out the games, right? Like nothing will beat like a football Sunday. Nothing will beat the NHL playoffs, the, um, the Super Bowl itself, March Madness, like stuff like that is a little different. I'm talking about like the non major sport kind of pinnacle moments like World Series and, and, you know, NBA finals and stuff like that. I'm talking about like the NFL draft, the combine, the MLB draft, the trade deadline, the, um, what's another one out there is maybe just like the all-star break, like stuff like that. That's less important. I would say the NFL draft is probably number one up there on the list. And the combine is one of those things that it kind of leads you directly into that. And why it's important for the Patriots is the teams like the Patriots have already begun their due diligence. Like they've been all fall. They've been scouting people that they know are going to be in this class. Right. That's why they get paid all this money. They know who's going to declare and who's not. And, you know, there's a couple of surprises here and there. And if they if they go back to school, they kind of just take it off their board. Um, but the Patriots, you know, at this point, they already kind of know, like, their draft board. They know, you know, all right, here's 200, 250 players, let's say, that we want to select, that we have identified as fits for this team. We have identified for people that we like as a player. Um we had like what we see on the field. We think that, you know, we can develop this player in our system. They're a fit for our system, our scheme, like everything. That's kind of the conversations they're having all throughout the fall. And they make that list and the combine and the pro days and the senior bowl and shrine bowl is where they can really not narrow down the list, but really kind of manage that list and say, okay, now out of this 250 players, we're going to take, we obviously don't have 250 picks. There's obviously, you know, there's a lot of guys on our board that aren't on other people's boards and vice versa. How do we how do we narrow this down or or how do we kind of 
set the order to, okay, this player is player number one and this player is number 250. How do we set the order of these are the probably 50 players that are going to be, you know, available to us at, say, first round? These are the people that are available to us in day two and three. And, and, and how do we kind of take those through and say, okay, how do we, you know, let's make a list of the players that are going to be available to us day four, which I classified day four as the undrafted free agent period where usually that next day, right, or even immediately after the draft, it's really not day four. It's still that next day is, or it's the couple hours after the draft ends, but it's, you know, how do we get these players in the building um, that we want? You know, as undrafted free agents, we want to try them out. You know, we want them to compete. Um, there's a lot that goes into a lot of the preparation, but the combine to me is the culmination of like crossing crossing your T's and and dotting your eyes and you know getting story straight. Like, for example, a player like Keishawn Boutte, like that. Is, there is some off the field stuff that's a little bit concerning to some teams. If the Patriots look at the on the field, the tape, the the research that they've put into as the player, and they say, this kid's, you know, a first or second round talent. This kid's somebody that we identify could be really well, you know, well fitted for this scheme in this offense. They're going to want to go and get his story. They're going to want to go and corroborate, you know, reports and get to know the person and interview them and see who they are as a character kind of person. That's kind of what the combine is really good for. And it's also about confirming other things too. Like if a team is looking and says like, hey, Zay Flowers is probably, you know, a high 4-4, four, four, potentially 4-3 four, kind of athlete. If he goes out there and runs a 4-5, well, that's probably dropping him down to the second or third round for a lot of teams. Same thing with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like a lot of people think he's going to, you know, have a 4-6, four, 4-7, four, you know, maybe not a 4-7. That's, that's a little bit too much, but maybe, you know, High high four fives, low four sixes. Like he he's not fast. Like a lot of people are suggesting that. But say he goes out there and runs, and he runs a four 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 two, um, maybe a sub four four. Like there's consideration that he's the first receiver taken off the board. Like maybe he's a top ten pick. So the combine is also good for things like that. Is where teams aren't really too sure um, of the speed and. Or maybe they are. Maybe they look on tape and say, no, this kid's got the speed. Like, this is game speed. He's pacing his routes. Um, you know, he's not just going 100% you know, percent shot out of a cannon. And they go and they confirm their, you know, they're kind of give themselves a little gut check. They make themselves feel a little bit better about having maybe JSN as their number one receiver. And they're like, okay, see, now we have nothing to worry about with our evaluations. Um, so that's kind of stuff that happens there. But a lot of the time it's about like finalizing their draft board, right? Because they know, they know what their draft board is and, and they know, you know, when they talk to people at the combine, you know, it's really kind of a 30 minute interview kind of blind date style for a lot of, um, for a lot of these players and a lot of these teams, what comes out of this is really like, Hey, we'd love for you to come be one of our official top 30 visits. A top 30 visit is basically like a free agent tryout, uh, not a tr tryout, I would say a free agent visit. Um, and these players, you know, there's NFL teams are only allowed 30 of those, and they're on-site, they're physicals, they're, um, you know, not any on-field work, but they're just trying to get to know the player, giving them a tour of the facility, getting to know them a lot more. They can spend the day with them. 
Um, they're not allowed to do any like on field activities as, as much as, you know, teams would want to like, Hey, run the specific route. That's more kind of what the pro days are for. Um, they can work through with those teams and, and stuff like that. Like, okay, we've seen what we've seen. Um, when it gets to these like official top 30 visits, it's again, another way to like cross those T's and dot those I's. So it's a really important week and, and kind of coming weeks here leading up to the draft, because there's going to be a lot of teams looking at a lot of players. And I think with the Patriots too, like, and something that I always mention is teams don't necessarily have the same draft boards as other teams. They're always going to have differences, right? There's, there's people that are on the Patriots board that teams are not even looking at that are going to say, we're not going to draft that guy. There's a lot of players on other teams boards that are maybe the fourth or fifth guy on the board that the Patriots aren't even at all considering on their board, right? They're like, we're, we don't even, we're not drafting this guy. He's not draftable by us. So with that, there's a lot of kind of standards that need to be met by each team and by each draft organization. And that's why the draft like is, is a lot of fun for what it is because you really don't know who's going to go and who's going to go when and where. Um, but a lot of it is, it, the the draft for me and for a lot of people and why it's fun projecting and, and looking at players and player comparison and saying who's good and who's going to be great at the next level, none of it really matters because it depends on where they go. The team that drafts them, it's up to them to develop them and get that out of them. At this point, 95% of the players that get drafted, they've got the skill set to be really good players in the league. It's all about the coaching and the, you know, the developmental systems that they have to turn them into NFL caliber players first and then turn them into next level NFL players. It's on them to become from that point from starters, let's say, to elite everyday day in week in week out playmakers. Um you know, that's on them and that's their character, their work ethic, all of that. So a lot of that comes together. But the thing with the NFL draft is, is why it's so exciting is we're not just like saying, oh, this player is going to make a difference here and there. It's projecting talent into the league. It's seeing the next level of stars before a lot of people get to see them. And, you know, as much as we like to see it as the Patriots and who they get, um, and who who they're going to draft, like their board is always different and you have to kind of mention that. So like for the first round, like there's not a doubt in my mind that somebody like Dewan Jones or a Darnell Wright could easily be a Cole Strange 2.0 um, where they decide to take the player when they like the player, where they rate him, they rate him as a first round pick. Like, cause the way the Patriots look at it is like, Hey, we're at 14 we don't take a tackle now. Let's say, you know, let's say it's closer for them. They like Paris Johnson, Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, but they say, well, Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright and Anton Harrison, they're all a lot closer to the other three that everybody's considering other top three tackles than many other people think. You know, the Patriots might have them all in a different order. They might have their number one tackle as Anton Harrison or Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright or Matthew Bergeron, for example, Blake Freeland's up there. Cody Mauk can play both like guard and tackle. Like they might consider stuff like that and they're going to take the player that they take. Cole Strange was one of those players where they sat back at 21. 
they got value at 29 and they said, well, we need to take Cole Strange here at 29 because he's going before 55 at the time that they had. Like, he's going to go in that early second round regardless. He was considered a day two pick. Once you get into day two, especially once you get to, like, pick 55 in that same range, any player that's really listed as a second or third round pick can go anywhere on in the second or third round. There, There's a difference with first round picks and all kinds of stuff like that with their with their contracts, with their fifth-year options, all kinds of stuff like that. There's a lot of things that come with it and expectations. So sometimes, you know, teams will do that. And sometimes they go for the safer option, right? Like Patriots needed a guard. Could they have went corner there? Could they have gone receiver? Yes. But do they want to waste something that's valuable like a first-round pick on a not-so-sure thing and they might not even get their highest-rated guard? Let's say it was Cole Strange by a mile. They said, this is the best guard on our board, right? And then that's always not necessarily this is the best guard in the entire class because, like I said, there's guards on there, there's tackles, there's every position that they look at and say, we're not drafting this guy because we don't think we can develop him for our system. He's not a system fit. He's not a scheme fit. We don't like his personality, his character, whatever it might be. They're not saying he's not a good player, but they just don't think it will be a fit. So when they go in there and they say, all right, let's take Cole Strange at this point, they might say, yeah, we could wait to when the rest of the league values him, but we're going to have to give up picks to trade up for him in the second round. So we might as well just use him with the pick that we just got value for. A lot of the times the NFL draft is a lot about value. So when I look at kind of the Patriots draft selections for 2023 and the players that they consider drafting, I look at a guy like Darnell Wright. I look at a guy like Dewan Jones, Anton Harrison, Matthew Bergeron, guys like that that are in that kind of second tier, quote-unquote, for a lot of others, the combine is going to be a great way to show that those guys might have a smaller gap between the Broderick Jones and the Peter Skaronskis and the Paris Johnsons of the world than a lot of people think, right? People think there's like a huge drop-off after Broderick Jones, and like that's not necessarily the case. I think Anton Harrison's good. I think Darnell Wright's good. Um, Now I think, you know, Players like Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones are probably pure right tackles. But, again, the Patriots could be looking for someone like a Juwan Taylor in free agency, kick him over to left tackle, and draft somebody that's a right tackle behind Trent Brown. They could look to do something like that. They could also look to move on from Trent Brown and release him and save money off the cap. Like, there's a lot of directions they can go, but... The combine, why I say that's going to help is because there's a lot of things that go into it, right? Sometimes teams will say, like, DeWan Jones, like, he's an athletic freak, right? 6'8", big body, like, if he runs pretty well, and if he looks as strong as he plays, and, you know, it's all confirmed by the bench press and, you know, the shuttle drills and, you know, verticals and all, you know, wingspan and all this stuff that everybody looks at, team's going to fall in love with that player. So Dewan Jones is already considered a mid second round pick, you know, 55 and up. There's a chance he's could be available for the Patriots. They could move back and take him or they could ultimately just say, screw it. We really like Dewan Jones. We're going to take him here at 14. So when it comes to the draft, like everybody tries to predict left and right, including myself. 
um, it's just fun to do. If you if you're sitting there and whatever, you know, you think this is a bad mock draft. This is a great mock draft. Like nobody's ever right, really. Like I I'd be shocked to find who goes where and who goes when and and percentage wise of like oh this player you know this is how many I got right of the draft like I don't think there's anybody that has like over like a 20% hit rate on the seven rounds of the draft for every team like it's just teams have different boards they value different players they do different things in the offseason than we expect like everybody's got their plan and it's all already ready to go like the Patriots they have their plan they know what they want to do this offseason right like I think one of the biggest things is people are like they need a receiver. They need a receiver. So there's a good chance that they're going to be adding somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. There's a good chance that they're going to be going after like a Brandon Cooks, for example. There's a good chance that they could go after a T. Higgins. Now, I'm not saying all three of those guys, but there's a good chance that they could go after one of those players and then decide to go tackle in the first round if they still have their first round pick or go tackle early in the second round. Like, I know they're probably, unless they go out and trade for a surefire left tackle, if one somehow shakes free, or if they determine that Mike McGlinchey and Jawan Taylor are perfect tackle options, and they give them both big contracts to play left and right tackle, I don't see a situation where the Patriots are not taking a tackle without with their first two picks. I think that that I'd be shocked to say so. Now, like I said, predicting is very hard. Predicting the player, predicting the fit, all that stuff's hard. But predicting the need is pretty simple. A lot of people can see that they need tackle home. Isaiah Wynn is a free agent. He's young. Some team with money is going to get desperate like the Bears to go after somebody like Isaiah Wynn. Because he has that left tackle, right tackle versatility. He could kick inside to guard if you need. He's a former first-round pick. He's good when he's healthy. But he hasn't been healthy. So there's going to be a desperate team out there like the Bears, like whoever, that's going to have you know, the most salary cap space, hasn't spent in a while. Like They're going to go out and get somebody like Isaiah Wynn. And honestly, the Patriots, even if he didn't have a good market, shouldn't be going after him. Mike McGlinchey, like, Jawan Taylor, fine. Like, okay, we can go after them, but there's no guarantee you get either of them. So you have Trent Brown, and even with him, he's on the last year of his deal. He's inconsistent, has been inconsistent as of late. So the Patriots, like, they, you know that's a need. They need tackle. You can clearly see that. Wide receiver, that's clearly a need. Like, Nobody was over a thousand yards last season that you can just statistically look at it and say, we need a number one wide receiver. We need a number one weapon. You had one of the worst offenses in the league. So that's kind of a given another sneaky need for the Patriots in this draft. Like everybody wants to talk corner linebacker, defensive line, wide receiver tackle, like all that stuff. Like another really, really sneaky need is a tight end. And I know that they have two of the three highest paid tight ends in the league and John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, not the highest two paid, but in the top three is them three behind Kittle. And the cap's going to go up. And 
unfortunately for the Patriots, it's not a very good tight end free agent class right now. So there's no new tight ends that are going to set the market and be above, you know, them to make the their deals, you know, obviously as the cap's going up, to make their deals look a little bit more palatable. They're still probably going to be up there as one of the higher paid tight ends. There's a reason why the Patriots went out and got those two because even with that, the last two tight end class free agencies, they're still better than what was out there talent-wise. So the Patriots knew that. They knew these are the best free agent tight ends in the past three years. And and, and I'm willing to bet that a good scouting department like the Patriots have, like any NFL team really has, they're able to forecast that the next best tight end class is in, in this draft. Hence why they go and spend money on Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith because that can happen. They know it's a big class. With it being a big class, and, that, and their thought process is like, hey, maybe they hit and they are good and we don't need to even think about tight end for the next four to six years, you know, including extensions and stuff like that because we've got two good tight ends that are still fairly young in the NFL standing. Like, they're still pretty young. Or you get into this draft and one of probably the deepest tight end draft classes that I have seen since evaluating the draft myself over the past six years so when I look at, you know, obviously it's a short sample because I've been doing it for only six years. But when I look at this tight end class, like there is realistically probably seven to eight tight ends that I think could go within the first three rounds. Um, there's probably five tight ends that could go in the top 50 for me. There's probably three tight ends based on the con- the you know combine, maybe even four, that I think could go in the first round if teams view tight end as a need. If they like it, it to me personally, it's a stronger tight end class right now than it is a wide receiver class. And if teams are like, well, we can get a wide receiver in round two or three instead of waiting for the tight end in two or three, let's just flip it. Let's go out there and let's get a, a you know a tight end. We need we need game changers. We need playmakers on offense. So you know realistically, there's Michael Mayer, there's Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, and Darnell Washington. Depending on how he does in the combine, if he runs in the four sixes, four fives, like he's going in the first round as a tight end. He he's going in the first round. He's big. He's big. He's got good hands. He's a good blocker. If he has the speed, there's a chance that a team's going to take a chance on him in the first round. And the Patriots are not exempt from that either. Like, they need a tight end, and I think they're realistically going to view one in the third round. But they could say, you know, screw it. Let's get our tight end in the first round, our tackle in the second, and we'll pick up, you know, a corner and a wide receiver in the third round with kind of those value picks. I I think the Patriots could do that, and I think this is a strong tight end class. I think it's a strong cornerback class. I think, for me, tight end and corner, they're strong classes, but there's not like a drop-off. Like last year at corner, there was a drop-off between Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. There there was a drop-off, right? Like there were some good corners, but there was a drop-off in between. Um, Wide receiver last year, like you look at like Olave, Garrett Wilson – like there was there was a drop off after some of those receivers, Drake London and stuff like that. There's a drop off, but there's still a lot of good receivers in the second round. Like that's not saying they're not good players, but talent wise, 
there's a drop off. I think in this class, there's not really a huge drop off of tight end, but there's a lot of really good tight ends. Like there's a, there's probably eight that I would consider like top 100 players, which is insane. There's probably six that are going in the top 50. Like after Musgrave, like you're you're talking like Laporta, um, Tucker Craft. Like those are some player. Those are the kind of the additional players outside of the ones I just named that I think could go in the top 50. Um, depending on how teams view it. And like I said, teams have different boards. You know, there might be a team that really, really needs a tight end, wants a tight end, whatever it might be. Um, you know, w- wants to kind of have that new age offense. They could, they could ultimately say like these tight ends are, are better than receivers. And this year we're going to take like, we're somebody who would have taken a receiver at this pick, say in the twenties, why don't we just take a tight end, get the fifth year option. You get, you make sure that you get the player. Why not? So the Patriots, that's another sneaky move. And and the reason I say that is because John o. Smith hasn't worked out, but also because of the fact that Hunter Henry's in a contract season, John o. Smith is going to have one more year after this, but all, ultimately the Patriots could move on from him this off season. It's a strong tight end class. And, and look, they don't have anything developmental behind them. They, they don't have any, high-end tight end talent that they're still developing that they drafted at 20, 21 years old, whatever it might be, and they're trying to turn him into a star tight end or or a starting tight end even. They don't have anybody like that. Um, so that's a position of sneaky need. I think a position to need too is center. I think there's a big need for center in this class and somebody that has the inside versatility because you've got Mike Onwenu who's – one of the best guards in all of football. You have Cole Strange, who played really well as a pass protector, needs to work on his run blocking, and, and, and we all know that. We've seen it. They're going to address tackle, but they need an interior swing offensive lineman, that Ted Karras, that James Ferentz, that, that kind of play center, play guard, can kind of flip back and forth like to be in there for injuries. They need somebody like that right away, but they also need that person to be their developmental center. Cody Rusi is somebody that they identify in the building as somebody they really think is going to take over for David Andrews, but they do need to find somebody that is their David Andrews replacement, and they need somebody to be versatile enough to play left guard, right guard, whatever it might be, because if they lose out on the center role, it's important to have somebody under contract and under control that's young that can play center, that can play left guard and right guard in a pinch because injuries are going to happen on the offensive line. And on top of that, it gives you the versatility where on when you can kick outside. So if there's an injury to your tackle, you kick on when you outside, you move that back up swing tackle. Like Oluwatimi is a perfect example of that um, from Miami. Like I, I mean, from Miami, from Michigan, I really think he is a good, probably the best, second best interior offensive line behind, behind Osiris Torres. Um, Oluwatimi could be that player for you. So the Patriots need to consider that in the draft. They need to consider linebacker, but I don't think they consider linebacker as much as they might consider finding a outside corner, right? Because, okay, well, they have, you know, if let's say they retain Jonathan Jones or they sign somebody in free agency, Okay, but you still don't have anybody homegrown right now. I don't think Sean Wade is who they thought he would be when they traded for him. Jack Jones, 
had a reported grievance with the team. Jalen Mills has had a tough time staying on the field. Marcus Jones can play on the outside, but is going to get picked on for his height. He is a great nickel and inside corner for the Patriots. But he's also somebody that they like to use as a returner. He's also somebody that they view as an offensive weapon as well. So the Patriots need to look for outside corner. They need to get some skill out there that they can start developing. So that's something in late in the draft. They could also look at safety. They need to look at deep safety because they have a lot of holes to fill once McCourty's gone because he does a lot of things for them back there. But they need to look at that single high deep safety if they can. There's not a lot in this class that they're going to find outside of maybe the first or two second round. And, you know, that's a guy like Brian Branch. So if they go that route, I would totally get it. But, you know, even if and when McCourty comes back, even if he comes back, they're going to have to find somebody back there. Duggar, Jabril Peppers, like, yeah, could could they play cover safety? Could they play deep safety? They could. But their skill set, along with Adrian Phillips, is more in that hybrid linebacker in the box kind of safety, covering tight ends, covering running backs, covering the slot receivers, um, you know, kind of just helping out, blitzing, helping out in the run game. Like, that's kind of their skill set. They, they're going to need somebody that polices, you know, the quarterback of the defense, you should say, you know, the one that's kind of seeing everything, seeing the field. Um, they're going to need somebody like that. So I think that's another sneaky need. And, and I think pass catching running back. I think they, they obviously want to give Pierre Strong a chance. And I think that they should. But there's also an opportunity for somebody like Ty J Spears or Travis Dye um, that they could look and say, look, this is our James White replacement ready to go, right? Somebody who's – those are two players that immediately have – impact ability as as pass catchers and I think you know if they let Damian Harris walk like Stevenson like I don't know if they want to work him as much as they did last year which is great like they could also look for that running back early on and use Ramondre Stevenson as that kind of Jameer Gibbs role that Bill O'Brien had in Alabama where Stevenson is that offensive weapon that they're moving all across right maybe they they view it that way like maybe viewing taking a running back and the third or fourth round or second round, whatever it might be, is actually going to allow Stevenson to be that weapon, and then they can have a true power back. They could also just ultimately bring back Damian Harris and and kind of hope that things go well with that and use a Pierre Strong as a pass-catching back. They could also even just go Jameer Gibbs. They could just go out there in the second round and get somebody like that. They could also go out there and get Bijan Robinson in the first round or... If he somehow slips to the second, which I don't think he should, but there, you know, it depends on if other teams value running back. Like the Patriots could go in that route too. There's a lot of th- this is the thing. The Patriots are a good team. They have money spent in a lot of areas. Outside of maybe, I would say inside interior offensive line. There's not a, and maybe quarterback right now, because I don't think this is like, they're not going to be in position to land one of the top quarterbacks. And personally, I don't think they're as good as Mac Jones outside of maybe, maybe Bryce Young. And, and that's, you know, just, he doesn't fit their prototype for a quarterback anyway, but 
I'm looking at this draft and like there's not a position on this team outside of interior offensive line for for early standings and maybe edge that I would say deters them from like they can take any position. And a lot of people are like, they have needs, they have needs, you know, elsewhere. And it's like, they have needs everywhere. They need playmakers. They need Pro Bowl, all pro players everywhere. The only positions they have that in right now is their punt returner and edge. Like, that's it. Like, they, and that's with Judon, and he's not getting any younger. So even that consideration is kind of out the window. I think, I think the Patriots are going to take a long, hard look. And I think this is going to be a draft that might surprise a lot of people because I think they're just going to take who's best. They're going to take what gives them the best chance to win. I think they like a lot of the talent they have in the team, but like I said, there's there's no position or position group that's like, we're not going to take that, right? Like if they think Bajan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs is, is good, like, and this is just, this is not my, what I would do. This is not what I'm suggesting or hearing or anything, but they could look and say, you know, is, is Bajan Robinson, is Jameer Gibbs, is say Michael Meyer, like for, you know, tight end, like, is that player a game changer? Are they going to come in day one? And, you know, for all those that play fantasy, like obviously the Patriots don't look at it this way, but are they going to come in and be a second or third round fantasy player? Because they're just going to be a game changer, game wrecker, somebody that you game plan for on the offense that makes it easier on everybody. Or are we just going to fill the need because we think we have a bunch of players that are B's, we have a bunch of Bs, so let's add another B player to fill out a spot that we have a F at. Whereas we can address, you know, getting an A plus player is going to make everybody better. Like, is that possible? So that, in a sense, has been my pre combine talk. I, I kind of went on a little rant there. I think there's a lot of opportunities for the Patriots to to upgrade their team. Um, Honestly, for me personally, I think go and get the best player available outside of quarterback right now because I think they deserve to give Mac Jones a fair shot. And also, I don't think they're going to be in position besides maybe an Anthony Richardson, I think is like the only player that will probably be available around 14 for them. I think you need to go out there and you need to get the best player. If that's the tackle, if that's, you know, who's going to unlock your offense and make you a playoff. Like, get the guy that's going to make you a playoff team next year. I think they need to not take the safe pick. They need to go with their gut, just really go through it and say, like, is that Paris Johnson if he's there? Is that Broderick Jones? Is that Jameer Gibbs, Bajan Robinson, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid? Is that one of those guys that Luke Musgrave even? Like, is that somebody that they're going to say, we're going to trade back, we're going to grab this guy? Is that Devin Witherspoon? Is that Brian Branch? Like, is that Siaka Ika? Like, a player I really like. Is that somebody, Trenton Simpson is another one. Like, I'm just, like, rattling off these names. But is that somebody that they look at that they say, this is the guy that is going to make us get back to the playoffs. It's going to make everybody better. Because last year, they went with the safe pick. They went for need. They filled the hole with Cole Strange which was a need. They thought they would have a better season than they did. I think that was the case. Now they're in a spot where they're a tweener team. These draft picks are going to make 
all of the sense for where they are. They're going to make things either make them a bad team. Like if they go after a safe pick and it doesn't really have an impact. Because look, the free agent class is not that great. They don't have a lot of options on the trade market. Like unless all of their players take a leap, like what they have in the building, like they need to add to it. And right now their chance is the best way through the draft. So if they go and they get a game changer, they get somebody that's, you know, going to be talked about across NFL network is going to be, you know, stuff like that. Like if they can get a player like that on this team, they could be a playoff team. But if they go the safe route, there's a chance that they miss the playoffs again if they're not giving the tools to Mac Jones, if they're not giving the tools to the defense to succeed. They need to make sure that that happens. So I think for Patriots fans, you shouldn't really be clamoring for any one player or position because, again, like I said, they're going to have their draft board the way it is. What we should be clamoring for is just go get us a game changer. Go get us somebody that... This is as simple as possible, but go get us somebody that is going to sell jerseys, that is going to go high in our fantasy drafts, or if it's a defensive player, maybe not, but is going to be talked about on NFL Network, is going to be talked about by the draft guys as how this player is going to be a game changer, how this player is going to make wreak havoc at the next level. Loved the Cole Strange pick at the time because I wanted them to take a guard, right? I didn't think Cole Strange would be the guy first taken, but they went and got the safe pick. Now it's time to go out there and, and do right by Mac Jones like a lot of teams do entering their quarterback's third year. If you're not trading for a number one receiver or or a weapon or whoever it is, you got to find one in this draft. If that is, you know, Teron Armstead level of going to take the tackle at 14, then so be it. Like if they view one of those tackles as like this guy is Teron Armstead, this guy is Laramie Tunsil, this guy is... Uh, is just isn't so important to this team as an offensive line unit, then go get them. But if they don't view any, if they view as any of those tackles as like, oh, it's going to like give us another B player at a position of need. I want them to be aggressive. So Patriots fans looking forward to the combine this week. Um, I know we kind of dipped away from the combine a little bit here in this conversation, but It'll be interesting. I'm going to give you three players real quick to watch this weekend that I'm excited to watch. And again, like, look, I'm going to have my favorite players I want in New England. I'm going to have positions I want them to hit in New England. This is more of just an overall rant of how to improve the team this offseason, right? This is like an armchair GM talk. The players, I'll give you three players. These are the players that I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be watching the most because I'm very, very interested it's Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. If he pl- if he manages to run, if he goes out there in the combine, I want to see the speed he runs because he does look like he plays slow. But if he shows that he can take it up to another gear, I think he's the first wide receiver taken off the board. Two, I want to see Dewan Jones because he is a monster and a freak athlete, and I think he could go a lot higher based on his combine performance. And I think the same thing can be said for Darnell Washington. So I think if you look at those three players on tape, they look good, but they're, they're probably the three players I look at. And I say their combine could jump them up into the first or second round or higher in the first round or whatever you want to say. I think those three players right there, the combine is going to determine where they get drafted more than anybody else because they're such physical 
specimens in Washington and Dewan Jones, that is, but in Jackson Smith and Jig, but like everything checks the box, like wide receiver one, wide receiver one, like best receiver in the class, like can separate, can, you know, great routes, great hands, good after contact, good after the catch, like all kinds of stuff like that. But now it's like, okay, what's his speed, right? He plays a little slow, which I don't buy into because I think he paces his routes better than anybody in this class. I think he's just a veteran savvy receiver. I think they need, I think him running well, if he, if he runs like really well and, and has a good receiver speed, he's going to go in the top 10. Like, I think there's going to be teams that are like, he is way too good to pass up on. Darnell Washington, like I said, he runs like a good speed for a tight end at his size, his weight, his strength, his ability to block. He could sneak into the back end of the first round. Dewan Jones, if his size and speed and his tape, if he can show that he is a lot faster, he is a lot, he's a physical specimen, he's going to jump into the first round. So those are some players that I would be watching. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter at Cam S. Garrity or down in the comments wherever you're listening to. Let me know who are your players that you're looking forward to watch, watching in this combine. Again, this podcast, I'm going to see how this goes. I'm going to see if we do more more frequent ones if if i'm bringing guests on if i start to upgrade the production whatever it might be but let me know what you guys think and uh we'll we'll move forward i, I want to do more of these as we get up to the draft i i always wanted to kind of do like a live draft reaction um kind of just like when when picks happen and stuff like that and i'll obviously do some of these things as we get closer to free agency in the next couple of weeks um but yeah anyways this has been the toe drag podcast i'm your host cam garrity you can follow me at on Twitter at Cam S. Garrity. Again, let me know which players you want to see um, at the Combine, if you are going to watch it or if you're going to watch the highlights after. I know I'm probably going to watch the highlights after because it's usually during the day while I'm working. Um, so I'm definitely going to watch it after, but you know I'm excited to see those three players I gave you. So let me know what you guys think, and uh, I will see you on whenever is the next time we decide to record this, or I will talk to you then, not see you. But Thanks, everyone, for watching. And again, I'm Cam Garrity from the Patriots Wire at Cam S. Garrity on Twitter. See you guys soon.